when we think about all of the different ways of communicating with our clients, and it's not just one-to-one, you're back in practice now, Andrew, I believe, you're enjoying practice again. And it's interesting the way we connect with our clients, we connect with them on podcasts. You can have a paid podcast. You could be doing it through many systems that mean that people pay. You could do it as part of a package or a program. There's all sorts of ways of getting your clients to listen to you. One of the most important things that I think about podcasts is there's only so much information you can get across in a consult. And there's so much more information that they need to know or to understand, to share with family members. Mentoring with Geraldine is a bite-sized practitioner podcast for naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists, and practitioners responding directly to the needs of a practicing natural therapist. With interviews, herbal discussions, something business, something clinical, you'll get the variety you need to enjoy and stay motivated in practice. So thanks for joining me today. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast for our episodes. If you'd like more support, get in contact, and I look forward to working with you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mentoring with Geraldine and the Bite Size Podcast. How the devil are you? So very exciting today. I've got Andrew Whitfield Cook with us. Now, I love Andrew, and many of you will know him from the many, many podcasts that he's on and that he hosts. And he's an amazing host, and you will have seen him at events, hosting at events as well. And I thought I'd talk to Andrew today about you setting up systems of communication with your clients. So whether it be podcasting or doing lives or all of the ways that we connect and communicate with our clients, they're many and varied. And then within those many and varied ways, there's sometimes you're making money directly from them. And sometimes it's more indirect, like this is indirect and that you may never give me any money whatsoever. And yet you might listen absolutely avidly, listen to the whole lot and have never given me any money. But you might turn around to somebody else and go, oh, have you heard about Geraldine? She does that and they pay me. So it's totally indirect that I'm getting money. So there's indirect ways and there's direct ways if you were to buy something from me or if this were a paid podcast with advertising. So I thought, Andrew, let's really nut it out. Let's figure out what do people need to host a podcast or a live or some form of connection? What forms of connection are there out there that they could be thinking about that isn't just the podcast. So thank you for joining us, Andrew, and welcome. It's my pleasure, dude. My pleasure. Great to be chatting again. And we'll talk about it a little bit later, but you and I podcasted and we did a quid pro quo where you podcasted with me and I podcasted with you and still haven't published it. I'm so sorry. It'll come out eventually. These things will come out before Christmas. So I think that's actually something that we will chat about having a bank of podcasts. But Before we get on, what do you need? Really, you need a voice. You need curiosity. You need a topic. But most importantly, people think, oh, you need all of this whiz-bang doodly equipment. Hey, if you're rich, if you're flush with capital, go. But you Mm -hmm. only need that. Yep. You need your mobile phone. You only need that. The And I am iPhone, so forgive the Mm -hmm. Android people out there. No. (laughs) Sorry, God. But the evolution of iPhone from my previous phone, which is an XR, to this, which is the 13, when it came out, oh my goodness, incredible difference. The color clarity, the depth that you get is quite amazing, even without lighting, as long as it's half decent, as long as you're not in a dark cupboard. So I would say that's your minimum. Yep. And then you've got to think, okay, do I need microphones that you can plug in? And then you can be away 
from the iPhone? Or if you're going to be doing the iPhone like this far away, or you really probably don't need an iPhone as long as there's no background noise? Because the thing, I mean, a tripod comes in handy, but I'm sure you've propped your phone at times because we don't want the shake if we're videoing at the same time. So a tripod, but tripods are so cheap. You can get such cheap tripods from AliExpress. I mean, that's where I get a lot of my stuff. I've got to say, there's always little packages coming from Ali to this house. Okay. So here's one for you. And this is, if anybody subscribes to Amazon Prime Movies, don't do it through your iPhone or Android, whatever. Cancel it. Right. Go on to the website of amazon.com.au, go into subscriptions, subscribe to their Amazon Prime, and it costs you $1 more to get Amazon Prime delivery, plus you get included all of the movies. Oh, there so there's go. just, there's no point doing it on your phone. Do the no. Amazon Prime. And then like the stuff I've gotten and I've, like, I've got three things here. I've got stands and things like that, but Neewa, N E W E R. Their lights, I've got corn, what's called a corn light. Boy, yeah. you, but it's basically like a corn, a cob of corn and, <laughs> and there's LEDs all over it. So they're yep. really bright. And so, the, and they're cheap. They're not yeah. expensive. Desk and a chair or stand up. The only thing to be mindful of is background noise. You can't always hear the noise that the microphone will pick up. So just be aware of that. Absolutely. It is with the microphone. I mean, like headphones are fine. Headphones are absolutely fine. And, you know, you get the really nasty ones when you get your Apple phone and they come with a nasty set that I can't even put in my ears. But what you can do is you can cut the ears off and pin the mic to your blouse or to your top so you can hardly see it and who would know it was even there or if you don't want to cut it just fold it over so there's lots of ways of having mics without actually paying money for these things and a tripod is great but if you can prop that phone up and it's not going to move when I first started I've got a music stand and I would put the phone on the music stand and that was it that's how I started rather than a tripod and I would do them I will always remember Tammy Guest, and I'm sure she won't mind me mentioning her evolution of her podcasting or vlogging, but I can still remember Tammy holding an iPhone up, leaning against a like a wooden panel wall, and so there was a sort of background and the speakers in the background. She was just there with her in the foreground, speakers yeah. in the background, and she was just talking to the camera from this distance, so it cut out the outside hubbub, so she was quite close. And if you look on Tammy Guest's site and you look at her podcast through the years and you see the evolution of her podcast, it's quite amazing to see. It's wonderful, in fact, to see the evolution of how she started off. She just started and then things and ideas came in and she got more professional at it, more set. And is is one better than the other? No, when you're starting out. With that evolution of a podcast from the start, I mean, everybody's is different. When I look back at mine from the beginning, very different to what it is now because, of course, you respond to what people are asking you for. You're responding to what they're saying and what their questions are. So what the questions are coming in, you're like, yeah, oh, actually, I need to answer that. And, of course, Facebook's a great place to find questions as well as a great place to do lives. It's another way of getting into your client's head, just doing a live on your page. All of the social media systems love faces. They love people talking. So it's straight in there. These shorts that people do, I tell (laughs) you, like some of them are cringeworthy, but people like um, 
Well, I, people like Dallas Fletcher, Body Fabulous. Yeah. I mean, she's just incredible. She's so at ease in front of the camera. Mm. Forgive me, Dallas. I like I know her, but she's <laughs> like a movie star. She's so mm. cute, but she's got this real professional. She shows a real pertinent point, and but she's so at ease when she's doing those pointing. Can you imagine me doing it? I'd be pointing oh, to the wrong spot. I hate pointing. I hate the such pointing. an idiot. Um, who's the other one? Jenna McDonald. Jenna no. McDonald with fertility, really sharp points that are really pertinent yeah. for people with regards to yeah. fertility issues. Incredible yeah. stuff. I mean, with a reel, because they can be recorded in advance, but you're live, you can just get on and talk about what's irritating you or what's really interesting or what you want to share with the world. Oh. You can just come on and, and say it and get it out there. And with the getting it out there, done is better than still sitting around thinking about it. And there's well, a real imposter syndrome. We all have it. Am I good enough? You know, I want to be there. I want to be like them. I want to be like, mm-hmm. now I've forgotten his name, Richard, come on from Conversations. You oh, know, and everybody oh. wants to be like Joe Rogan experience. No, I don't. And so sometimes <laughs> you notice that you're waving my arms as I'm talking and I suddenly say, oh, good. I hope people don't think I'm Tony Robbins or something. It's the last thing you want to be confused with some people. And it won't uh, be Tony Robbins, Geraldine, because you haven't got his voice. Oh, oh, we can't stand him. No, lovely. I'm sure he's lovely. Nice guy. But when we think about all of the different ways of communicating with our clients, and it's not just one-to-one, you're back in practice now, Andrew, I believe. You're enjoying practice again. And it's interesting the way we connect with our clients. We connect with them on podcasts. You can have a paid podcast. You could be doing it through many systems that mean that people pay. You could do it as part of a package or a program. There's all sorts of ways of getting your clients to listen to you. One of the most important things that I think about podcasts is there's only so much information you can get across in a consult. And there's so much more information that they need to know or to understand, to share with family members. They go home. You've spoken to them about, say, leaky gut. They go home and say, I've got holes in my stomach because they don't understand the vernacular. So if you can say, hey, listen, I want you to go and look up this guy, Brad Leach. I want you to go there, watch their podcast. Or here's a great podcast on with Moira. Or here's my own recordings. This is what I want you to listen to because these are all that they're already all the information's here. This is we all have a different way of explaining it. I mean, I explain the gut like a garden and explain to my clients about a garden. So if I'd pre-recorded all of those, and pretty much you can be doing it while you're in the in the consult almost, then I would have that for the next client to be able to say, go and listen to this. Here it is. And by listening to your voice and having your voice in their head, they're going to remember via you and be encouraged to do what they need to do via you. Great point. So we were going to talk a lot about what sort of equipment you need and what else you need. And I'll be giving a presentation. This This will come out after the ATMS presentation. But anyone, if they wanted to watch, because there's an ATMS symposium, this coming uh, so the annual general meeting. Annual general meeting and yeah, training, which you. I believe is recorded. So you can actually go back and buy any of the ATMS trainings, um, past trainings. Mm-hmm. So you can go and look it up if you are interested. And I'll try and put the link at the bottom so that you can go back and check it out. So yeah. what Andrew's speaking at. So I'm going to be presenting there. You talk about equipment and you talk about setup of podcasts. And what I've looked at online, there's a few things I disagree with because they say, do this, do that, do that, record it and then decide on your name. What? How are you going to introduce your podcast? So the first thing you've got to do is find out 
what are you going to call your your podcast? Mm -hmm. That's number Mm -hmm. one because you search through, and it's actually happened to somebody that I freelance with that the name was already taken, but that person was inactive, hadn't been active for a long time. So they thought, oh, okay, we'll just take over that name. We'll do something similar. But people still get confused. So make sure it's simple. Make sure it's direct. Don't say it's our community billboard because that. what does that say? Yeah. You say something like bang, you know, like natural medicine podcast, bang, or integrative medicine hub, whack. That's exactly what it is. So you can then hone in on a select demographic. Because you really want to know who your niche is and what you're going to be talking about. I mean, mine, mentoring with Geraldine, the bite-sized podcast, it's bite-sized because I want to keep it nice and short. And really, I'm kind of covering a lot of bases. It's like mentoring with Geraldine. So it's like natural medicine hub. You can cover a lot of bases with a name like that, but it still says what you are. If you were fertility, you might say fertility with Geraldine or something I don't know. IBS with Geraldine. Because a, then we a, can... Sorry to stop you. There's yeah. a great one out there. It's called Sex with Emily. Well, there she's, you go. She's a sexologist. And I mean, there's a hook. There's I mean, a bang. There's a hook yeah. for you, isn't it? It's a cracker. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's just really saying what you're going to talk about. If you have got that niche and you've got that idea, so that, and then choosing the area, is it going to be medical? Is it going to be natural medicine? Is it going to be entertainment? So, you do have to decide on your category. And then when you launch, you need a few in the pocket so that people don't just launch to one because they might launch to one and then listen and then think, oh, that's the end of that and don't go back again. Whereas if they've got a few to listen to, so you've already got a few in the bank, means they've got something to binge on and then leave the review. And there's another point to that as well, and that is that not every interview hits the spot. You know, some people have a bad day. They're just... They're not phased. I mean, heck, what about people with long COVID and their memory just didn't there? I've spoken to somebody, the pre-chat, the preparation chat was incredible. I was so excited. And yet the actual podcast was lacklustre to say the best. So people just have a bad day sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't fit your brand DNA about what you want to podcast about. So you have to make those decisions. That's why it's very important to have some more in the bank, more than what you will be releasing in the next month. I would have, say, have two months ahead. If you're going to be releasing one a week, have two months ahead minimum, and then you can release one regularly. The other thing, sorry to keep Mm. going, is that you can edit them. You can publish them and have them Mm. sitting there waiting to go out a month in advance, two months in advance. So you can actually do your work, you know, just get into the into the groove and do everything, get everything done if you're that way inclined and you're not a procrastinator. And you can get everything prepared well and ahead in advance so you can post and be on yeah. holidays. So th- there's also that. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's really good to, I always batch mine. So I generally sit down and I think, what's coming up? What are people asking questions about? What areas can I cover? And then I write down what they're going to be and I put the dates next to them and I will do four, five or six in a row. And it means that they kind of stick to a theme as well. So the people who are listening can flow from one into the next one. It means that if you were to do seasons, like I do once a week now. So over Christmas and the new year, I have interviews. So I've chosen, right, this is rather than trying to get interviews randomly through the year and 
people not know when they're coming out and just I'm just like, no, why don't I just do them over that period of time, over the Christmas, New Year? So everyone can have these chats. It's just a bit different because everyone's lives are a bit different. They're not necessarily at work all the time. They might be on holiday and want to listen. It's just different for everyone. So why not be different on the podcast? It might be some people only do batches and that's it. They do a season. And so they'll only do a season and they'll talk for X three months worth and they'll have three a week for three months and then they'll have nothing for a while. So we've got to think, how are we going to share our information, be it on a podcast or be it on Constant Lives, Strictly Education and Support? I'm on there every week, you know, doing a live every week. And it's what way can we connect and communicate with our client that's not just in the appointment? And yeah, reels are one of them, shorts are one of them, TikTok, whatever. But it's also a great resource, client resource. Another point to batching what you're talking Mm. about and doing them in certain seasons, perhaps, is we have Australian Christmas where we like to take holidays. Christmas for Americans isn't a big deal. Their big thing is the summer holidays in the middle of the year. So think about that. If you wanted to do international guests on your podcast, perhaps Mm. don't program that to be for the middle of the year maybe think around Christmas or early year. Whereas Australians, good luck trying to get an Aussie in the first week of January. Well, exactly. That's why we batch. So here we are in November, beginning of November, batching for Christmas. It's so important. I do talk a lot about making sure that everything's prepped and ready to go so that our systems are in place for everything in our business. And this is just part of having those systems in place. Now, I have an editor. I have a podcast editor, Ella, who does all of my techie stuff for me and she puts it up for me. And we do, we have turn all the conversations into a blog. We do all sorts of things, but you do it all yourself. So that's another decision to make. Are you going to get help or are you the person who wants to do it themselves? So there was a point to me wanting to do it all myself. (laughs) And I've got to say, I don't. I rely very, very heavily on two people, especially whom I love and adore and admire. And that is uh, Lindsay Steedman of Niche Business. So she's a virtual assistant. So she has a small sort of offering there. And also Rebecca Guild. She's basically Mm -hmm. my sister who she just wants to shake me and slap me around all the time. And she speaks so far above my pay grade. She's so competent in every arena. And I'm such a nunce. So I fuddle my way through things. Mm. I rely heavily on them for like, what do I do here? What button? And then (laughs) Beck is there just screaming. You can see she's having conniptions. But I do fuddle my way through it and then publish it, put on the music, but I rely heavily on others. So Mm. I would say if you can afford that small amount of money, outsource. If you can't, and I wanted to learn it for me, but if you want to or can't afford it, you can do it. It like. If I can do it, anybody can do it. I seriously, anybody can do it. Exactly. With a minimal amount of investment. A minimal amount of investment. And I think that's the thing. All of these things that we do, and I mean, there's a lot of podcasts out there right now. So being one of the top podcasts are often people who are in it, have been in it a long time, have been doing it a lot longer. So they have a following, but we can't really, when we look at people who've batched and then they go away and they come back, they may have what looks to be a really big following because when they started out several years ago, those are the people that followed them. Those people aren't necessarily 
listing out for their product now? You just don't know. Using other parameters to gauge success. Mm. So for instance, if you've got an ebook that you have for sale and the normal price, let's just pick a number. Let's say it's $25. If you wanted to do a marketing campaign, say for the first 100 people, 500 people, pick a number, you can get it for $3. So it's a super silly discount. Then you can gauge activity. Don't do a 10% off. It's not good enough. People go, ah, whatever. But if you can give a super silly discount, you'll gauge, uh, forgive me, and you have a call to action. This is only for the first 500. This is only until 25th of December. Some restriction Mm -hmm. of that deal, then you can gauge activity and how you're doing. And I remember watching a, I'm pretty sure it was a thing on marketing for podcasts. Mm -hmm. And it was saying, if you threw an all-in thing for this, you could gauge your activity. If this stupid discount didn't work, you have to go back to square one, start yeah. again. And But if it worked, then you've got a parameter. You've got a, a base to work with. Yeah. It's really important that we gauge our clients in many ways, how they communicate with us, whether they do what we ask them when they come to see us, how we get them to change their lifestyle and how we get them to listen to us in more ways than one. Are they? Where are they finding us? My clients always find me on Google. I've never had a client find me anywhere else, like oh, apart from referrals, of course, but it's all through Google. So I nurture my Google because that's where I get my clients from. But I don't get my mentees from there. They come from Facebook because that's where I hang out. They come from the podcast because this is where I'm hanging out. So different groups of people come from different places and we just need to make sure that we're in those places as well. And we know what our clients are wanting. So maybe a younger client, So maybe if you work with teenagers and their hormones, you'd probably be on a different platform to a perimenopausal woman. It's the same thing. We're in different places. I'm in TikTok. And they're moving. But the um, really, that is a young person's, there's lots of different systems that we're just not up to. We're not on. They're also changing. Just the other week, two weeks ago, there's a very well-known YouTuber his name's Answers with Joe. Now, he's mm-hmm. very science and space sort of derived stuff, so my nerd, but a good guy, nice yeah. balanced sort of guy. Anyway, he's made his money and he's got a YouTube placard in the background sitting mm-hmm. on his bookshelf. So he's made his money in the past with YouTube hits, but what's happened is people aren't watching YouTube videos now. They're watching YouTube reels and YouTube is favoring those reels, those shorts, because they want to take on TikTok. Yeah, they all do. So the only way that you're going to get business in the future is by having a short, sharp snippet directing you to your full one. Yeah. Astrum. Astrum is another one. It's a space astronomy thing, planets, things like that, right? So Astrum has this, I took a picture, these incredible pictures. I took a picture of this, see it, and there's the link to my full website. Mm. So real these reels or shorts is the way to go in the future. Totally. totally. I mean, there's Web3 coming Which worries me. Well. There's Web3, so we've got that to think about. That's the next thing when the internet changes and we all go over to Web3. Web so what? Web3, yeah. And oh, I, no. We're not going there in this conversation. You can Google <laughs> it. So I've got to ask you a question, Geraldine. Yeah. When you get somebody like me who gas bags on for so long, <laughs> you want to do short, sharp podcasts. We're already up to 28 and a half minutes. Yeah. How do you keep guests on track? Well, with you, no one can keep you on track, Andrew. Let's just be honest here. Let's just 
cut straight to the <laughs> core here. Nobody's keeping Andrew on track. There will be some cutting and splicing, I can guarantee. But mostly, so it's like with your clients, right? We need to head them in the direction we want them going. And then when it's time for them to go, we open the door for them to leave. It literally as simple as that. So I mean, with you, it's more of a chat. And I think that everyone will realize it's more of a chat. But I think that's also nice when you're on a podcast that sometimes it isn't a stressful situation. You're driving your car. I know a lot of people who listen to the podcast while they're driving. And hopefully what it's doing when I chat with you is they're thinking about, well, where could I do a live? Where could I, can't do it while you're driving your car. I think that's probably illegal. But well, your car's stopped. But where can I do it from? How can I do it? Lots of lives are done from cars. Lots of lives, because as long as you're down a quiet road, you're not on the main road, you could anywhere really. I mean, a podcast. Naturopathic is, yoga does it. Amy Mingan, naturopathic yeah, yeah, yeah. yoga. Anywhere you want to be. She does it. She does yeah, those car anywhere. blocks. Yeah. She's yeah. Anywhere at you want to be. You can be absolutely anywhere. If you just want to podcast though, if you want to purely podcast and not film yourself, you just want the recorded voice, then the best place is your closet. There's no coming out of the closet. Yeah. You're in your wardrobe because that's got all the soft clothes around it. So when I was purely podcasting, when I wasn't recording, because a lot of these are like today's one is recorded and it's on the YouTube channel as well. So these ones can't be done from my wardrobe, but the ones before that were purely podcast, purely voice, they're generally done from my wardrobe because it's all softened. When I've had to do them on holiday, oh, where did I go? We went somewhere or other. I went to Queensland somewhere or other. And I got a message, you're one down, you haven't got one for, like for Thursday. And I was traveling on that Thursday. I was like, I have to do one now. I have to do, and really I have to do two. We can never just do one because they don't flow so well if you just do one. And so there is a bit of a glitch around September when I had COVID and they weren't flowing because I couldn't do more than one at a time. So there's a few around September that you might want to just skip everyone. Anyway, I couldn't do one. So I ended up, and I was in Queensland, so it was warm. I ended up, there was a lawn and it's sort of an internal cupboard between the bathroom, sort of a cupboardsy laundry thing between the bathroom and all the bedrooms. I ended up going in there, shutting the doors, putting a rug over my head, over my headphones over the computer and doing it under that so that it softened the sound because that's the thing. Being in a car, it softens the sound. Being in that more enclosed environment softens the sound. Whereas when we're in a big room, you get a lot of echo. You can also buy this sort of stuff. Yeah, you can get foam. it's like an insulation foam, like a sound dampening. I'm away from the mic. A sound dampening foam. But I think the big thing is have something to break up the, the room, soft furnishings, rug even a rug on the wall yeah. will dampen that hard yep. reflection from the plaster paintings yep. I, anything like that a so bookshelf bookshelf that's right things that are going, things that are going to mess with the hard lines of a room the other thing i was going to say just to offer your listeners mm-hmm. is from the beginner to the expert podcaster and i'm going to treat myself somewhere in the middle there so there was advice on a website. It was actually a podcasting website. I think it's the one I use, Buzzsprout. And it's a fantastic website because it offers a lot of support for new Mm. podcasters. So I'm really enthralled with how they do stuff. But they talk about 
do you have a planned or an unplanned podcast? Now, you and I didn't set any questions for today. So, nice. you know, basically, God help us. But it talks about, do you have a planned or an unplanned podcast? And it says the beginner should have a planned podcast. Mm. The expert, maybe not so. And if you want to use humor, and there's a few more things. Or if you want mm. to delve more into the subject, the guest's story, yes. their persona, like Richard Feidler. I just remember yeah. his name on Conversations with ABC. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, so he just delves into it. Now, I don't know yeah. if he sets any questions, but God, he gets some incredible juicy information out, some stories. Yeah, I yeah. believe in somewhere in the middle because yeah. you certainly want to get some clinical stuff, but yep. we also want to know about who is that guest? What yeah. drives them? What's their experience? What's their credentials? What's yeah. their history? Yep. So to, for me, I use, I set a framework, I set some questions but I let the conversation go. And if we don't tackle all the questions, big deal, get them back again. Absolutely. So for you, we didn't set any questions. We just went, let's talk about podcasting. That was the theme of today. Let's talk about podcasting. So whereas normally with someone, I'd be like, let's talk about this subject, how you got into this, what you've done, your business to date. But I let all of them flow because that way I can get, I feel, I guess because of who I am, I'm a chatterbox anyway. I feel I can get more from that person. If I've got something I really want to ask them about, then I'll write myself a note. I will have little notes in front of me and they will be, you know, it might be something specific. They've invented, <laughs> look at you with your notes, they've invented a product and I want to talk specifically about that product. Now I might have come on here and you've invented coffee. Okay. You've invented coffee. I know that's what you're drinking, what you're almost choked on. So you've invented coffee. You are the inventor of coffee. And I want to talk to you about it, but you've called your coffee, coffee X. Now, chances are, because I'm talking to you, I'm going to forget the word coffee X, right? I'm just going to forget that at some point. So I will write that down in front of me, the one word I know I'm going to forget, and I will write it down. Like there's some things that you just think there's going to be that moment when I'm trying to think of Richard Feidler and conversations in ABC. But I'm That's also right. going to want to talk about your new product, Coffee X, in relation to Rich. And I'm going to forget, and I'm going to remember his name and forget the name of the brand Absolutely. of whatever it is you've produced, or I'm going to remember the brand and not the person's name. Absolutely. <laughs> and you can even do it like I've, so I've just written down Fidler and I look at it and man, that's bad. Mm. But my key in my mind will mm. awaken this response to go, ah, oh, that's what I was doing. Yep. So you don't have to be going, yeah, sure, and yeah. looking down. For the listeners, I'm looking down at my notes right now, away from the camera, and now yeah. I'm looking back up. Yeah. You don't have to do that. I can continue to look at Geraldine in the camera and just scrawl something on paper. Yeah. Your yeah. mind will have that hook so that when you glance down at your paper, you'll go, oh, yeah, that's what it was. And people don't know that you're glancing down. They people don't, don't realise that you're not. Because the thing is, if you spend a lot of time as well looking down, I've got nothing. I've got a perfectly clean desk right now. But if I were looking down and talking, my sound and volume is different to if I'm looking the whole time the same yeah. way to my yeah, mic. Yeah. And that is one of the biggest things when we've got our camera there, if you're especially, you know, if you've got it on a music stand or you've got it wedged up or it's on just your bog standard basic tripod, it's going to be in one place. And so you need to be at a similar distance the whole time. So your voice doesn't come in and out, if I lean back, I'm further away. It sounds different to when I'm sitting in exactly the same sounds space. Sounds roomy. Yeah, we want to be in the same place, the same everything for all of that podcast. 
We don't want to be at a distance for that podcast. We want to be where we are with a mic. We want to keep it in that one place. If you've got long hair, you'd have to think about, I've got headphones. I've got long hair. Is it going to brush on the mic, on the headphone now? That's not going to happen. you won't hear it. Yeah, you won't only hear hear it at the end. Oh, and then you've done the whole thing. And, you know, it's like I start a podcast and I'm sitting here and I'm really getting into it. And a delivery person comes and rings the doorbell and I could throttle them. It's all of those distractions, which is why in your wardrobe is the best place to be, because I wouldn't hear the doorbell in there. There's so many things that we're unconscious about. So, for instance, years ago, when I didn't have these. Your headphones, yeah. Right. Now, I'm listening to you, but I'm speaking to you on my mic. It's this sort of loop. What these do is they mean that I don't have this double effect going into the microphone from the speakers. So it's a lot clearer. But what I used to do in the old days was I'd clean, I'm OCD, so I'd clean fluff off the side microphones on the MacBook. That would come through. I didn't hear it, but it would come through like (laughs) in the end edit. People do it all the time. They'll have an ear pod that's brushing against their collar or their earring. They won't hear it, but boy, you hear it in the edit. It's really important that our edit is good and that we spend that time on the edit because it doesn't really matter what the microphone is as long as you haven't. I mean, it's like I looked up, what do I do about the clicking of the mouse? Because often I'll be clicking the mouse. And then everyone was just like, well, you just have to put up with it or don't use it. I've got a trackpad I can use, but there's still a click. And then it just dawned on me, I can use the Mac. I can use the mouse behind. I've got sound barrier or behind my mic. I could use the mouse behind the sound barrier. Yeah. It's basically like, you know how if you're pouring a cup of coffee out of the kettle, so the sound of the water going into the cup is near you and your partner is calling to you saying, can you please hang the washing out? Yeah. You won't hear it because you'll hear the sound that's closer. Microphones are exactly the same. Think about that. The sound that's clearer is going to be the one that it picks up. Yeah. So if I'm clicking my fingers out here, you can tell I'm hopeless at clicking my fingers. But then if I do this, we can hear. So it. these are things that I've learned, and I'm going to say his name, Marcus Longfoot from Full Circle Audio. Yeah. If anybody is interested in doing fully professionally produced podcasts, he is your man, very accomplished man. And I've loved working with him for seven, eight years now. So, so it's like, there's a recommendation for everyone. I use my Ella. She's lovely. But, I mean, this is like let's podcast, kind of a podcast. But I think everyone just needs to remember, I think the take home is you don't have to podcast, but you have to connect with your client. How are you going to connect with your client so that they hear your voice when they're not with you? Because they need to hear your voice when they're not with you. They need to, whether it's in a podcast or a recording or a live or a reel or a short, they need to be able to connect with you when they're not with you. And how are they going to do that? And you might think to yourself, oh, I'm embarrassed. I don't, don't want to. Well, just a straight recording script for that. You don't have to have your face on it. And that's one thing about podcasting or recordings is your face isn't there. You can be in your jammies. I mean, I'm barefoot right now. It's hot today in Adelaide. It's um, 32, I think. So I'm, I'm totally barefoot. professionally dressed, of course. You're totally professionally dressed from top to toe in those shorts. Top oh. to hips. Top to hips. That's it. So it doesn't matter. You can be how you want to be, but how are you going to connect with your client and podcasting or connection in some way where they hear your voice outside of the appointment itself 
is really, really well, it's special for them. And it's important because you can get your message across. You see that one person in clinic, but that one person that you're seeing is affecting all of the people around them. If they're a single person, if they're a solo individual, they're still going to be talking to other people about their life. They're still going to be talking to other people about their health. They're still going to be talking to other people about their learnings. If your client is a mother, then what's she going to change? She's going to change how she feeds her family. So she's affecting all of these other people. And if we can't have these people in our office all the time, they're not going to uni, they're not doing three-hour lectures, and our offering them three-hour lectures isn't the way to go either, but we can offer them these 20 minutes, half an hour of why to eat protein, how to eat protein, why do we eat green vegetables, fruit, all of the things that we want to teach to our clients, and we can get it into their heads via our voice in yep, some way or other. Absolutely. So can I just do a call out for a few people who I, I really admire, who do podcasts themselves? So you've got Lara Bryden, Kira Sutherland, Leah Heckman, Danny Urbinder and his team at IM Integrative Medicine Hub, so imh.education. You've got yourself, you've got Moira Bradfield, Rachel Arthur, nutrition, Alex Middleton. So if you want to hook on to a few of those names I said and just have a look at what how they've done podcasts. Yeah and how they're running them, you'll get an idea. Tammy Guest, sorry, you'll get an idea as to what you like, what bits you like, what bits you don't like, and make it yours. Mm. That's the key. It's got to be you in the end. You know, Mm. one thing that I'll also point out, and that's for the people who are going to watch this on YouTube, and that is Mm. the placement of you on the screen. Now, a lot of people look down at the thing, and that's great if you haven't got a double chin like me. So I put my thing up so that it hides it just a little bit. But what I didn't do today is my normal thing like this. And what that does is leave only a tiny bit above your head and basically your body or your chest, if you like, your bust Mm -hmm. fills the screen of the video. But I didn't do that today, but I'm mirroring you. There we go. So now we're about the same head height. And have nothing growing out of your head either. A lot of people oh, yeah. stand in front Look of a pole or a tree or something that has something growing out of their head and it's like, oh, no, you got something growing out of your head. So, so that's but, the thing. That's mm. the thing, isn't it? That when you're podcasting, and certainly if you're vlogging and video doing video podcasts, you've really got to think about being a photographer, being mm. an editor, being an electrician, a lighting person. When you see a movie, the gopher so, yeah. and the gaffer, yeah. you've got to be all of these things. You've got to be, as I said, an editor, producer. You've got to think about pre-production, post-production. You've got to think about marketing. There's a whole kit and caboodle that you have to think about and be if you're going to run your own podcast. And if you don't want to do that, you outsource and you've got to pay for that. Absolutely. But it's worth getting into your client's head in some way or another. And it's easy to do. The tools. We've talked about the tools. So think about how can you get into your client's head? Right. Well, I think we might leave it there today. Thank you so much for coming on, Andrew. It's so lovely to catch up with you again. And we're looking forward to more of your podcasts. And what's your podcast called now? We're on Natural Uh, Medicine. Natural Medicine Podcast. I thought I'd keep it simple. Natural Medicine Podcast, which is great. We really enjoy it. So thank you very much, Andrew, for coming on. It's been great to have you back. My pleasure, Geraldine. Thanks so much for having me on. See you, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast for the weekly episodes. If you'd like even more support and learning, then the Academy is for you. Here you'll find part two of the herbal discussions, more clinical learning and case studies to support your clients in practice. Bye for now.